Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Rush Nation, welcome back to the Five Yard Rush flagship show. Unfortunately, Murph and Dan, they're not here today, but I have got you covered with a little Week 15 review, and I'm delighted to be joined by the host of the Fantasy Coaches podcast, editor of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and a writer over here at Five Yard Rush for the Dynasty team with his weekly Dynasty Risers and Fallers series, which is great. So get on over to the Dynasty guys and check that out. At Dynasty underscore analyst on Twitter, Emerson Beery, what is going on, man? Oh, doing fantastic. Just uh, got watched watch my Chiefs yesterday battle with the Houston Texans in a much tougher matchup than I anticipated. Had a little uh, Christmas dinner with my family because we're celebrating a little early this year. And then, uh, you know, Mondays are usually my, you know, it's off for my real job. So this is when I knock out all my fantasy stuff. So just getting rolling today, digesting all the information. How's your weekend go? How, how was your weekend, man? Yeah, I mean, Saturday got a lot better when um, from halftime, really, for uh, the Minnesota Vikings and for me especially. Um, a silly comeback victory, but, you know, they got it done. And, Ooh. yeah, like you say, living in the Christmas spirit, done some things with the wife and kids and that. And, uh, 
yeah, we're we're Christmas nuts, as Murph will tell you. Sure, like anytime we're we're absolutely mad for Christmas over here. But yeah, absolutely fantastic that, to have you on. Yeah, definitely. You got to get into the spirit, haven't you? But it's great to have you on. And as always, go and check out the Five Yard Rush Patron Patreon, whatever you want to say it. There's an exclusive WhatsApp chat, a Patron cast with Murph, um, exclusive to the members. It's as little as one pound a month. I'm not even sure if you can get a can of Coke for a pound a month, pound anymore. Like that's how cheap it is. There is bigger subscriptions where you can get all the Five Yard Rush merch. If you're listening in later, this will be available on all good podcast providers, or you can re-watch on YouTube if you want to see us. But without further ado, let's jump into it with some Week 15 takeaways. Emerson, tell us who you want to chat about first, man. Well, you know, just start. let's start off with uh, my man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to hi- highlight later while he's going to be a uh, league winner for you. But uh, I just want to start off Jarek McKinnon, man. Shout out, you know, RB1. Last two weeks in a row, fantasy RB1, but overall RB1 last two weeks in a row. And, yeah, he's just really coming on for the Chiefs just in that Damian Williams-esque way like a couple seasons ago. Jarek McKinnon's really taken over. You know, Pacheco's been great, too. He did have a fumble yesterday that got even got Ronald Jones in the game for a couple carries. Um, so, But Jarek McKinnon's taken down that passing down role. He scored that game-winning touchdown, that, you know, on that big play. So, yeah, he's been electric and, you know, like I was listening to Matt Kelly this morning. Uh, he does, he, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know he has a big, very big podcast, the, the, the pod father, I should say. And I, you know, I was listening to him and yeah, just on player profiler. And he's, he is literally like, it, he has an argument to be the most athletic player of all time. Like, especially just, just on me- metrics, athletic testing, it's all in the, like the 100th percentile. So, you know, he's just, he suffered injuries for years and uh, on end. He just had some really bad luck. And now we're seeing him really take over this, you know, and, you know, been the guy that we hoped we would see a couple years ago. So I, I just want to hear your thoughts on that too. I think uh, Jarek McKinnon going to be fantastic these last couple of weeks. I think has a great matchup this week, and then he did tear up. You know, Denver was a, is a, so supposedly a tough matchup, but he tore him up just a couple of weeks ago. Mm, yeah, Jarek McKinnon. He's so he's one of those players. You know, he's had injury woes in the past and things like that. And with Clyde Hedwig-Zelaya sort of out of the picture, and you got especially with PPR leagues, McKinnon is the passing downs guy there for the Chiefs, right? Like, you're a Chiefs fan as it is, but so you see it a lot more than sort of a casual fan, especially a fantasy football player. But he is not only being the RB1 the last two weeks, he has actually been very good for the Chiefs. And um, Pacheco's been great as well, and it was a, a decent matchup this past week, but... Like you say, we're talking about league winners later on, but what do you see with this Chiefs backfield as a whole going forward, maybe even into next year? I know you love the dynasty side of the game as well. Um, you know, I don't know. The future of this backfield, I don't think, is on the team necessarily. Uh, I think Pacheco's a good back. I know. I think he, he has a future in this league. He's very explosive. And, you know, people, you know, people who everyone who sees him run says he runs angry. He runs angry. Um, and, that, you know, and that's, that's exactly what he does. He was so fast. He gets five yards downfield so quick that, you know, the deep, before the defense blinks, he's already at the cornerbacks. Um, I don't think he has a lot of vision and a lot of, uh, you know, moves outside of that. So I just don't know if you know if he's an. I just don't see him as an elite running back in this league. He has a lot of room to operate though with Patrick. You don't need to be an elite running back when operating with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know he he is locked into that just kind of work. You know that first and second down role. But he has had over eighty yards, I think, in five uh, all, all purpose yards in five straight games. Over sixty rushing yards in five straight games. So 
he is being I think you can count on him as a kind of back end, maybe RB2 with upside the rest of the way. McKinnon, maybe even more, especially especially PPR leagues. Maybe we're, we're getting mm-hmm. in the mid-tier uh, mid-tier RB2 territory. Yeah, Pacheco's a, a he's a battering ram, isn't he? His um yards after the after contact is great as well. But this the next person is someone I, I was actually intrigued by here because is it a flash in the pan? Is it just a system or whatever? Tell us about Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, I, I think we're, we're not going to see Brock Purdy. This is a Gardner Minshew run here. You know, I think defenses, what, what I really tend to notice in defenses is that they really, <clears throat> it takes them, like when quarterbacks, for, you know, quarterbacks' best games of their career might be the first games that they get in. When, when defenses don't have film on them, you know, that's when you see those Gardner Minshew starts, you know, th- those Tony Romo starts when people, when teams don't know what to do. And so I think he could go on a little bit of run here. He has, I believe he has a good matchup this week. I was just about to pull up his schedule and I had written it down earlier. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Let, let me see here. Oh, Washington. Yeah, it's not great, but mm. they're 15th in the, in terms of fantasy points given up to the quarterback position. So that's pretty average. And he finishes up in a very nice matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. So you know, pretty good schedule coming up here. And he's been a quarterback two, uh, top 18 quarterback in all three performances. Had a quarterback one performance a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I, I think he's just pretty much, you just inserted him right where Jimmy Grappolo was. Pretty much just a kind of a mid-tier to upper-tier quarterback two with upside, you know. And if we're talking about streamers this week, uh, you know, and you're looking at the waiver wire, if you don't have one of those top-tier options, you know, I'm assuming probably, you know, in most fantasy leagues, about the top 15, 16 guys are, are automatically probably off the waiver wire. So, you know, I think he could. You know, he's out rostering. I'm looking at sleeper right now at about 11% rostership on the kind of a standard league format there. So I think you could do a lot worse this week. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we were talking before we came on air, weren't we, about how we're getting on in um, our leagues and stuff with the playoffs. And I- I'll put a claim in for Mac Jones for week 15. But it turns out I had a buy. I didn't realise it. But, you know, when you're just going through your leagues and you're claiming whoever, and I claimed Mac Jones because I needed a quarterback. I had Derek Carr as my only other one in a 1QB league. And then I realised, oh, i got a buy. Fair enough. So I'll put a claim in for Brock Purdy in that league for this week. And potentially for week 17 as well, because he, he's doing the job, isn't he? Exactly the same as what we expected from Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's arguably one of the QB safest offenses in the league. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he doesn't need to do a lot. He doesn't. He's just a passer. He doesn't have a lot of rushing upside, but all he needs to do is dump it off to Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, yeah. and George Kittle. Yeah, absolutely. George Kittle and uh, Christian McCaffrey through the roof for these last couple of weeks. But... Tell us someone else who you're happy with from week 15. I have Jerry Judy as my next man up here. I was just pulling up his uh, numbers for the year so far. And, you know, I was a Jerry Judy truther from, from the start this mm-hmm. year. I, 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 and back in April, I thought, I always thought, you know, I love Jerry Judy as a prospect coming out of college. He kind of got done dirty these last couple of years with the quarterback and didn't get better this much better this year, actually. Um, yeah, I thought he was going to be better in Jerry, uh, than Cortland Sutton. I got bullied into the latter half of the summer. I got bullied into, you know, kind of what everyone else was, was thinking. You know, I, everyone was, you know, beating me down with Cortland Sutton's the number one guy in practice. He's Russell Wilson's guy. So I kind of came off of that bit, but I always had them uh, fairly close. Uh, Cortland Sutton started off hot, but, uh, you know, even when Cortland Sutton was uh, healthy before these last couple games, Jerry Judy had a lot of games out producing him. Uh, Cortland Sutton was falling into the third option a lot of weeks there. Um, so, 
Jerry Judy, 17 targets the last two weeks, 15 receptions, over 100, about 150 yards. Had that three-touchdown performance against my Kansas City Chiefs. I was at that game. Uh, my, my Chiefs are very soft at coverage, so I didn't take too much of that. But, yeah, he's, he's he, I think, you know, you can – he's all right on par with Sutton. Maybe even he could – you could make it certainly an argument he's the best wide receiver here. Uh, I just don't think Russell Wilson is going to struggle like this next season. You know, um, what he does the next couple weeks, he does have another matchup against my Kansas City Chiefs in the fantasy football uh, championship in week 17. The L.A. Rams are out of it, and the defense, you know, without uh, Aaron Donald in the pass rush, it's hard, you know, and J- Jalen Ramsey, you know, without, you know, with, without any pass rush, Jalen Ramsey's been struggling too. So uh, he has a nice setup here the next couple weeks. It'd be nice to see Russell Wilson in there instead of, uh, I'm forgetting, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, Rip, Rip, Ripian, Rip, mm, I'm, I'm Ripian, Ripian, yeah. Ripian, yes, Ripian, yes. Uh, maybe nice to get Russell Wilson back in there, but. You know, that might actually give him some maybe some top 15 upside. But, I, you know, I think he's a solid wide receiver, too, the rest of the way here. And into 2023, I think, you know, he's a, you know, borderline top 30 dynasty wide receiver as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I was fully on board, the same as you, with um, Jerry Judy being the one and Cortland Sutton being the two. And then people were saying about how they play and how they line up um, compared to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett with Russell Wilson, right? And, um I was kind of towards like when we was close to the season. And I mean, it might've took a bit longer than you, but August sort of time I was like, okay, well maybe I'll grab a few shares of uh, Cortland Sutton just in case. And it, it turns out it's all come from Russell Wilson and the play calling and things like that there in Denver is why neither of them have lived up to the kind of, it was pretty much a high expectation, wasn't it? Preseason. Um, what we expected Absolutely. from both of and, you know, they were drafted near enough at the same sort of time or the same round or maybe one after the other, one round before, one round after. And they, they was pretty much inseparable all through that. And But it seems like Judy is kicking on at the right time for anybody who has him rostered. And obviously Sutton's hurt and things like that. And But, yeah. I, I, I'm fully in agreement with you. I think Russell Wilson will bounce back next year. This year's done for them pretty much. And you just got to kind of take the rough with a smooth, haven't you? And tell us about another guy who's struggled a bit this year, but week 15 was uh, a bit, a bit more kind, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we're seeing a little bit of a, a positive uh, uptick with the changing of the guard at quarterback here, but Drake London, had 11 targets last week. Um, he even had 12 targets with Marcus Mariota before the bye week. So, you know, that's 23 targets in two games. And, you know, it's just the most inefficient targets, you know, that can be just because it's the Falcons offense and these passes are bad. But, yeah, you know, we're seeing a huge monstrous target share. And, yeah, I, I think Drake London, you know, where you can insert him back into the kind of flex position in these last couple weeks there, mm. you know. If, if you drafted him early, you know, you maybe you, you aren't left in the playoffs, unfortunately. But in your dynasty leagues, you know, if you have Drake London, you probably are still there. You know, that didn't hurt you too bad. So um, I would feel comfortable, you know, especially with multiple flex positions starting Drake London the rest of the way. He's, you know, he's just the only guy left in this offense. You know, they, they don't like to pass the ball hardly at all. But when they do pass, it has to, it's probably going to be to Drake London. And it appears that, um, we, we Our new quarterback here definitely understands that a little bit better than Marcus Mariota here, Desmond Ritter. Um, so that's nice to see. Uh, so we'll see here. I don't want to make too much out of just one quarterback performance, but Baltimore Ravens have been susceptible to wide receivers this year for, in terms of fantasy football. 
finishes up against the Arizona Cardinals, who aren't that good in that department either. So I would, uh, you know, Drake London has a favorable schedule to finish up here. So I really like him. And, you know, in the 2023, of course, the sky is the limit. Um, I think he is right in the mix with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. I would, man, it is really tough. I have Chris Olave probably ahead of him and Garrett Wilson and Drake London are right neck and neck for dynasty wide receivers. I think you can make an argument for any of the three, though. Uh, yeah, so it, it's almost like um, the Falcons knew they had to switch it up a little bit, right? They've lost their last three games now. Obviously, Mariotta's had an issue and he's gone on IR or whatever, and um, Ridders took over anyway. I thought Ridder would take over a lot earlier, and I'm almost certain that Falcons hadn't started as hot as they did Um I'm not sure of the record at the start of the season, but I knew they won some games early on. And if they didn't start as hot as they did, well, I tipped Ridder actually to come in by week six with um, Liam, you know, five yard dynasty um, from the podcast. And I said to him at their live draft and I says, Ridder, it was about the second end of the second, baby. His pick was, and I says, Ridder will be in by week six. And he wasn't in by week six. And Liam reminds me of that now, but it's like, I'm excited to see the rest of this year what they've got with Rida and different things that they're going to try. And going back to Drake London, it's, it has to be wheels up from here on out with him. Like you say, a weekly flex play at a minimum. And because he had some good targets and stuff earlier in the season, and then it kind of all just towed off, didn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, and uh, you weren't you weren't wrong with that Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, take Desmond Ritter getting benched. Marcus Mariota was not playing well enough to go past week six, but the team was winning with kind of this uh, yeah. running play style. So you know, got delayed till here, but here we are. Um, I'm uh, yeah, I don't know if we have a future passer here in Desmond Ritter, but yeah, it's very interesting to see. Like I said, it definitely gives Drake London possibly a little bit more hope. Um, you know, poor Kyle Pitts never got it going this year and is on IR and have to wait till next year. But at least we got a little, maybe we'll get to see a little Drake London flashes here before the end of the season. Yeah. And I mean, maybe the Falcons want to see what they've got when they have Ridder, London and Pitts next season. Who mm -hmm. knows at this point? But yeah, Drake London, he's commanding a lot of targets again. The Falcons ain't running the ball quite so much as they did um, in previous weeks. And it's good news for Drake London shareholders, definitely. But moving on, it's another running back you want to tell us about. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not even sure what to think about Travis Etienne here. I more was just bringing him on here just to kind of talk myself through it here. Um, you know, it was a tough few weeks for him here. Uh, we did see 103 yards. We saw the rushing attempts, man. Uh, but, you know, one, one thing that's interesting is, for just the guy who was supposed to be a great pass catch, you know, supposed to be a pass catching running back. He actually is not a, you know, has not been a pass catching running back all year. He only has uh, three, two games with over four targets. <clears throat> and yeah, so it's just a little been a little bit disappointing in that regard. Um, he's more of just like kind of in that kind of just a very talented running back and kind of more of that kind of like Nick Chubb kind of or Derek Henry esque kind of style. That's why he's being used at least. And, I think it's because, you know, I've listened to some other people speculate on this, that it just appears that, you know, he's not that great. His hands aren't that great, actually, as it turns out. You know, he does drop his fair share amount of passes, and he doesn't run that diverse of a route tree. So, you know, he had – when he get he's so explosive with the ball in his hands that it 
it tends to be that maybe we overlooked his, his route running ability in his hands. And, you know, he's great in space. You know, if we're running screen passes for Travis Etienne, that that's fantastic. But I don't think that you're ever going to see at least any time in the near future, unless we see some development, you're not going to see him in that Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley mold running wide receiver routes out there and stuff like that. So, um, you know, so it just is something to consider, you know, it's Travis Etienne's dynasty, uh, stock you know is very volatile um he does have the new york jets this weekend it's going to be tough to trust him um it's going to be tough to trust him against the new york jets houston is a fantastic matchup you'll probably fire him up in the championship if you're lucky enough to make it there his dynasty stock though you know it's tough to where to rank him because all the uh older running backs in the league it's tough to put them ahead of travis Etienne. but you know just knowing that maybe his upside maybe isn't the he may be more of like a lower end rb1 up a higher end rb2 actually uh you know it's so it's tough to figure that out but yeah i just wanted to chat about just talking myself through that actually it's more of just an open open mic actually open thoughts <laughs> yeah absolutely and why not i mean he got 100 plus yards this week uh, mostly on the ground and but he, his big weeks are when he is utilized more in the running game when he has that high amount of carries and things like that for this season and it has been the last few weeks he's been poor but he's been against uh really good run defenses and i thought it would be a similar story this week Got hurt, came back in overtime. Obviously, the Jaguars won. But is it because of how good um, the Clemson O-line was is why he looked like a legitimate pass catcher and maybe like almost what people were saying with the next Christian McCaffrey or the next, you know, maybe is it because of how good Clemson's O-line were? Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. If When they're running, when Trevor Lawrence is dumping off Travis Etienne screen passes and then you have these all-American offensive linemen running in front of him, especially, you know, if it's against, you know, college is not the most level playing field. You know, you have fantastic, you know, you have the Alabamas and Clemsons of the world going up against, you know, what basically is a Division II team compared to them on a, almost a mm-hmm. weekly basis. So, yeah, they're going to abuse those type of teams. And so, yeah, you know, I think we just glossed over some things. You know, it does surprise me that Trevor Lawrence doesn't just look for, you know, they just don't have that natural connection that he wants to look for more. Um, that, you know, and it doesn't, it surprises me that they just don't draw those few screen passes a game to kind of get him the ball, design him a little bit more. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, um, it's just, he's just, it doesn't have that kind of three down. He He's on there. He's out there on the passing down. He's just not, he's just not catching any balls too. So, you know, it, I'm not saying it, it can never happen too, but it's just interesting that, you know, we're two, we were a full year in and that role has never materialized yet. I mean, we, I missed this comment earlier and I do apologize to Stacey, but he sent a comment in saying he is Purdy good. I'm guessing he was talking about when we was uh, yes. chatting about Brock Purdy, yes, but does. yeah. Stacy, he's a great guy. Does the waiver wire articles on a? They're out every Monday morning for Five Yard Rush. Um, go and check them out. You find some gems amongst uh, dirt pretty much every week. And yeah, great guy, Stacy. But moving on from Travis Etienne, who have we got next, Emerson? Juju Smith Schuster. I got up next here, and you know I might just have to mention him later on among the. Uh, league winners as well because uh yeah um we saw uh three straight wide receiver one weeks in between week seven and nine i believe and then we had uh then he had that concussion um Mm -hmm. he there was a bye week he came back well he he missed he missed a game and then that's what i meant not a bye week he missed a game slow in his first couple games back but then he's really come on these last couple weeks uh 21 targets and uh, yeah he's really getting a lot of work here he's definitely the top 
clearly the top wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs. Behind, you know, that's you know still behind Travis Kelsey in the pecking order. But he yeah, he's been fantastic. He's really uh, uh, developed a good chemistry with Patrick Mahomes, and I think you know especially for a guy that you were able to get you know and more of a back end wide receiver two, mm-hmm. mid tier wide receiver three, even price tag in uh, August drafts. I think you could see a guy who you know is going to be probably top fifteen wide receiver the rest of the way. You know Seattle and Denver. You know they they rank pretty high against fantasy wide receivers, but I, I don't think that means much against Can- the Kansas City Chiefs. So. I really like Juju Smith-Schuster the rest of the way. And, you know, um, Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, they're not going to have a ton of cap room just paying Patrick Mahomes and a lot of these others. So it's hard to see them, you know, getting a a top, you know, acquiring multiple free agent wide receivers and through the draft and stuff. And they won't, you know, they won't be drafting that highly per usual either. So um, I think Juju Smith-Schuster has a chance to uh, get a new contract in Kansas City as well. So, uh, yeah, sky's the limit for Juju Smith-Schuster going forward. Um, you know, and he'll, yeah, I think I'll have him as a week, my top 15 play the rest of the season. It's a real shame when he got hurt because he was getting hot before that. Now he had multiple hundred yard games and things like that. Great fantasy points, touchdowns, everything. And it's Juju Smith-Schuster of old because when he was with Antonio Brown and he was the second receiver for Pittsburgh, he was fantastic. He put up a wide receiver one season, just outside a wide receiver one season. And it's almost like Travis Kelsey is his Antonio Brown here in Kansas City. Andy Reid clearly likes him because there's none of them other wide receivers. They drafted Sky Moore. Um, they went and got um, Marquez Valdez, Scantlin, and, you know, and some others. Uh, Watson's there as well. But none of them are getting the love like Juju. Like, he had them few down weeks after getting injured, yes, but then he's stepped back into that role automatically. Yeah, and I think that's going to continue. It's hard to see that, uh, you know, Marcus Valdez Scanlings, a deep, you know, he, he's heavily, you know, he runs a lot of routes. It does, doesn't get a lot of work, though. It didn't get a lot of targets on those routes. Kadarius Toney, uh, McCole Hardman, these yeah. guys are just kind of returning to health. They're going to be hard to count on. I think they'll be a little bit more sporadic pr- production. Uh, you know, those big play guys that can kind of, you know, they'll catch a big, big play, make a big touchdown every couple games. But I think, uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Juju Smith-Schuster the rest of the way this season. I think you'll see him as a uh, weekly starter going forward. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing, even um, having them um, hard matchups. When I was talking with Murph on uh, Fast Action Friday, and he says about Zay Jones going into the Dallas game, it's a tough matchup. He's not the wide receiver one on his team. He might not even be the second target on his team. But he's on the boundary. Trev will look for him, you know, when he has to move the chains and things like that, save a bit of time on the outside. And look what Zay Jones went and done this weekend. And it's a similar story with Juju for not so much being on the boundary and things like that, of course, but in a tough matchup, it doesn't really matter because he is going to get them looks. He is going to get that volume. And it's from Patrick Mahomes, man. Come on. like. But it's almost like... For me, with the rest of the Chiefs' uh, pass catchers, you throw enough muck and something's going to stick. But week to week, none of us know. For best ball, yeah, it's okay. But it's Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, and that is it for me, really. Yeah, and I think that's all you'll be able to count on in fantasy, too, as well. So, you know, um, we're hoping that Kadarius – 
you know, I have some best ball. You know, I do a lot of best ball drafts. So, you know, mm-hmm. Kadarius, Tony, McCole Hardman, you know, you have some hope for him there. But uh, and, and, and besides that, yeah, could Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey. And, yeah, it's interesting, you know, you can't see Chiefs running backs have never been able to count on before. But now you might be able to count on two Kansas City Chiefs running backs in your starting lineup. So it's just interesting to see this Kansas City Chief offense evolve. Yeah, and talking about running backs, this is one guy that – potentially has knocked me out of one or two this weekend and i've been really high and i've been right on on the money with him because he's been exactly where i thought miles sanders tell us a little bit about him from this week mate yeah you know it was just he hardly got any attempts in the first half and i think he ended up with like 11 rushing attempts you know got you know ended up with 30 or 40 yards there but man yeah it just wasn't his week especially you know when people were counting on him against in in a great matchup yeah, it just didn't end up working. You know, he's really just – it's hard to count on him when Philadelphia is in a more competitive game script. It's hard to count on him. They seem to more give him the workload when they're, when they're playing ahead like they usually are. So um, it was a tough game for him. Uh, yeah, and especially like I was playing him in my cash lineups in DFS this week, and, yeah, it just didn't work out. You know, we thought Chicago has been really poor against fantasy running backs this year too, so we thought, you know, we were getting a great matchup. That's why I was playing him. And it just worked out horribly. So, uh, Miles Sanders keeps telling us on, he loves telling us on uh, Twitter and uh, mentions that he hates fantasy football and doesn't care about us at all. Uh, well, that's very clear. And, you know, um, but yeah, you know what I mean? It's just Miles Sanders is a boom bust guy. You know what I mean? It's, he, you know, we're going to be down on him this week and then next week he's going to have a great game. We'll be up on him again. It's even true, really, even hard to tell when that game's going to happen. Uh, Jalen Hurts opens up a lot for him. So, um, you know, it's it's more just when he gets these. He's got. He, you know, last year I think he had one. What zero or one touch? Was it zero touchdowns on the year or one? It was one of those two. Uh, uh, one, I think. Yeah. One. Yeah. He had one rushing touchdown last year, and he got. He's on the other side of that this year. He has a lot. I'm looking at the page here. That does sum it up at the bottom. But yeah, he's doing very well in that department this year. So that's what you're kind of looking for. And you know, Jalen Hurts is as likely to run that in as he is. So you'll see some. You know, when you're looking at him, you're you know, you see RB. 21 rb11 rb39 rb37 rb2 rb23 rb3 and you know that's just kind of sporadic up and down and i think that's what you'll see him the rest of the way that's what you'll see for him a lot of his career playing with jalen hurts and philadelphia eagles uh, i believe he is a free agent after this year he so yeah so, yep and that's saquon barkley and david montgomery class so they are all on that free agent uh, pool so you know just depending on his situation you know we don't know a lot about Miles Sanders going forward, so you kind of have to rank him that way. Like, I mean, you could have drafted him as your third running back if you went a little bit robust. He was like the RB33 or something by ADP. but And he hasn't burnt you because I, I didn't – I'm not saying I knew like I'm psychic, but I really thought he would give you that high-end RB2 sort of um, level throughout the season. And it does turn out from a great week to a not-so-great week to a good... And that is kind of where he is for the year. And it's... it's. But what are Philadelphia going to do? You know, they can... They've locked up their playoff spot and they're, they're safe and they've locked the division and things like that. When are they going to start resting players? Week 17, maybe, which is a week before usual. That's your fantasy championship. I hope not. Oh, and this, yeah. goes, this goes the same for Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. I'm sure Murph will get into this next week, but it's, it's a scary prospect, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would encourage them to look kind of at the history of teams taking an extra two weeks, you know, and not playing for three weeks with a bye and like taking a month in between. A lot of the time it doesn't work out that well. So mm. I wouldn't, I would, if I was them, I would highly consider at least playing at least a, a good portion of the game on, the, you know, week 17 and then, you know, fully take a full rest week 18 if you need it. Cause you're going to get, the, you're going to get those two weeks off. And yeah, it's nice to, in theory, to have a month off, but, you know, these players are trying, you know, they're playing in rhythm right now. You know, you, you get a lot of timing off. You know, it's weird taking off a few weeks just midseason and firing up in one of your in your biggest game of the year right away. So um, I I would I would highly consider playing despite the risk of injury in week 17, at least a good portion of the game. But we you know, I'm not an NFL coach, obviously. So uh, we'll see what happens in that department. So what Emerson is saying, ladies and gentlemen, anybody watching or listening in later, we all need to rally around on Twitter and at the Philadelphia Eagles. But don't mention fantasy because they do not like it. You need to play your team because otherwise you're going to lose on your first playoff game. And that is what we need to do. That that has come from Emerson there tonight. And I'm, on, I'm, I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard. I love it, man. Yeah, absolutely. But tell us about Deshaun Watson, mate. I had him as my next guy up here. Um, yeah, I just wanted another guy. I just kind of was chatting myself out loud about today. Um, yeah, you know, it's in, he's, he's gotten a little bit better. You know, um, he took a step forward uh, in week 14, but kind of kind of fell back last week again. Um, this is a guy who looks pretty rusty here. Um, it's just hard to tell. You know, it's just kind of a mixed bag. I, I kind of thought this might help me. It's, it's really tough. You know, you just put yourself at – put a person in the shoes. You know what I mean? Just – and – that you know just taking two years off uh you know just going you know it probably it was self-induced but going you know going through a lot you know whether you know he did that to himself uh but you know you know just it puts you know just putting yourself in that shoe you know could you could you you know if you were Deshaun Watson would you probably be just ready to pick it right up off the bat you know what I mean so it's not surprising to me to see him struggle and you know uh it's just it's a wonder you know um there's a small risk that i i think that you know maybe he doesn't get get it quite back to where he was before you know two years is a long time he went through a lot in those two years changing whole different situation in cleveland with the cleveland browns now so um you know i tend to think that he does figure it out i i do have him i believe as my quarterback six or seven in my dynasty ranking still but you know just this you know he certainly hasn't put to bed any chatter that maybe he you know he was going to struggle after this so um yeah, just interesting to see. You know, I'm sure you will you will get full Deshaun Watson. I think you know uh, there won't be any uh, you know packing it in for next season. I think he will want to try to right the ship and get some uh, you know some positive storylines going in to the next season. Um, so I think you will you will see full Deshaun Watson go go time the next couple of weeks. So we'll see if he can get it together. But I think it's hard to trust him as more than kind of a upper tier quarterback uh, two at this point in uh, fantasy football. And yeah, and for Nick Chubb too, uh, yeah, it's just it's a different offense, and I think these guys are kind of trying to learn how to play together. Uh, you know, it's it's tough to see. You know, it, Nick Chubb wasn't. You know, this offense was going to pass more with Deshaun Watson. So the Nick Chubb, we were counting on him scoring more touchdowns. You know, if he was going to keep up, you know, that same pace. You know, the off. You know, more plays being ran with Deshaun Watson being a better. You know, being a better quarterback, we thought more plays would be ran. More, so that would make up for the fact that maybe Nick Chubb wasn't getting as much, uh, you know, there'd be more passing attempts, more touchdown opportunities, hopefully, but that hasn't materialized yet. So it's not surprising to see Nick Chubb struggle as well. Yeah, I think Stacey might have been, uh, he's in a bit of a dilemma with Nick Chubb because he's bringing him up quite a lot. 
um, the last couple of weeks. And I, I completely understand it myself because he's a pure rusher, isn't he? He doesn't pursue that sort of pass catching upside and things. That's what Kareem Hunt was there for. And it's, it's a tough one with Deshaun. Like when I joined Dan on the flagship show a couple of weeks ago, it was just after Deshaun uh, made his debut for the year. So just after week 13. And like Dan said, he's the one that brought it up. And he said, what did we expect from Deshaun Watson? Actually, when you look at it, people saying their team got so much better because Deshaun Watson's back and things. But think of it logically. The guy hasn't seen a field for two years, pretty much. 500 and something days or whatever. And it's almost like an extended off-season, Dan says. And when he put it into simple terms like this, I was like, you're so right. It's unbelievable because it's almost like an extended off-season for Deshaun Watson playing these few games. We still see him brit in for QB sneaks and things like that. Is it so Deshaun doesn't fully understand all the playbook and everything like you mentioned? It's a change of scenery from Houston to Cleveland and everything like that. But it's it's a funny one the rest of the way. I did have to start Deshaun this week in one league, um, in a super flex league. So he was my QB too, obviously, and it didn't pan out too bad. But rest of the way forward, like we said about Brock Purdy earlier, he's probably on your waiver wire. He's barely owned in any leagues. I'd start Purdy over Deshaun Watson next week. Yeah, they'll be close to my rankings. I haven't, you know, worked everything out yet for this week in my rankings yet. I'll do that tonight and tomorrow. But uh, yeah, that there has a very good chance possibility of that this week. Now, the the next guy I absolutely love. I love this whole pre-draft process. I love it now. He's healthy again. He's ticking over. He's electric. And J.K. Dobbins, he he is better. I'm sorry. The Ravens are better as a whole football team, regardless of who else is on the field, when J.K. Dobbins is on the field? Yeah, it, it's he's, he's been fantastic these last two weeks, 145 yards rushing. He's been very efficient with eight and over nine yards of carry. So uh, I don't expect that efficiency to quite continue, but it is nice to see him fully back. Um, you know, this is probably when we could have expected him to kind of get back to full strength anyway, but they kind of, he caught quick, came back maybe a little too quick, got hurt and, uh, just missed the next six games. But yeah, J.K. Dobbins, if you were lucky enough to have him on your roster and still make the fantasy playoffs, you know, we're rolling now. Um, you know, I think maybe you can have him a mid-tier RB2 the rest of the way. You know, he's one of the more talented, you know, his, in college, you know, he showed, you know, he's one of the more talented pure runners. Um, he does not get any involvement in the passing game, so that guy will kind of cap his upside in this league unless that changes dramatically. You know, he going back to his rookie year, he never has really any involvement in the passing game, really. So, you know, maybe he's more, if we're looking at where his upside maybe lies, maybe more of a high-end RB2 in Dynasty. Uh, it'll be hard to rank him higher than that. But, um, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, and I don't know if he's able to maybe pay off in that ADP. He was getting up there, you know, toward uh, the mid-tier, uh, you know, low-end RB2s, I remember, kind of in those August ADPs. So, like I said, uh, maybe it was too late for him to recoup on that value. He probably didn't make it to the fantasy playoffs if you drafted him highly. But if you did, I think you can safely put him in kind of that uh, maybe upper tier, maybe kind of that borderline top 15, 16 play the rest of the year. Stacey says he's salty about Nick Chubb. 
and uh, I'm, I'm going to message him straight after this and find out a backstory. But yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's brilliant. But yeah, like like you say with um, J.K. Dobbins, look, he won't repay his ADP, of course, because of missing so much time. But he is at RB two the rest of the way, especially with Lamar missing a bit of time because he'll have more of the rushing value in that offense, definitely, almost, with Tyler Huntley under center. And, yeah, I, I really like J.K. Dobbins, just as a player. For fantasy football, he's fantastic as well. Like you say, with him, yards per carry and things like that, he won't keep it up to that level, but he's very good anyway. I think he, yeah, I think he's a player, you know, it's it's he doesn't look back to full strength yet, so, you know, there's still room to improve as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you can tell that by his carries. Like he's he's gone into double figures the last two weeks, but it hasn't been anything ridiculous. It hasn't been twenty-five carries or anything like that. It's been fifteen-ish, maybe a bit lower. And you can you can tell that through just through that, just through his volume alone. But the next guy on this list now, I was ridiculously high on. I thought he was a screaming value all off season. Tell us about Deontay Johnson. Uh, yeah, you know, those targets were certainly there all year, you know, just that it just didn't end up working out, you know, just uh, working out with a new quarterback, you know, just Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky weren't overly efficient. Uh, but yeah, you know, just eight targets, 11 targets, eight targets, 10 targets the last four weeks, you know, um, and he just hasn't been getting any touchdowns either, not a single touchdown on the year. So uh, it's just, yeah, he's just kind of getting that almost DJ Moore kind of style kind of way the last couple of years kind of just been, you know, in the last four, you know, he had a midseason lull where it was really hard to trust him. But the last couple of weeks, you know, he's he's been double digit PPR points, you know, 9.9 four weeks ago. So right on the edge. But yeah, double digit the last three weeks. And uh, yeah, I think you can kind of count on him the rest of the way here. He has favorable matchups against the Raiders and Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, I think that target volume is still going to be there. Uh Especially, you know, anytime Trubisky's starting, Trubisky really leans on him. So uh, I'm fine yeah. firing him up there. A touchdown would be nice at some point, but, you know, he's kind of just going to be, you know, kind of in maybe that low end wide receiver two, upper tier wide receiver three range just because of volume alone. Yeah, he, he's been getting by on the volume alone. And when it almost seemed like, you know, when he all of his shares was dipping, so his target share, his targets per route run, everything like that, when that started dropping off because George Pickens was emerging with Pickett, that's when I was worried. But like you say, with Mitch Trubisky, he will go to Deontay Johnson. And, you know, he's a flex player, isn't he? Volume alone um, from here on out for the next two weeks if you're there. But... I've got a couple to throw at you now. I want to know your thoughts. And firstly, Mark Andrews. So no touchdown since week six. Hasn't topped 12 PPR points either since week six. I know he was hurt and his targets, they've climbed back up there. They have the last few weeks, last three or four weeks. Are you waiting for him to just explode again or... I mean, you have to start at just the tight end position the way it is. You know, it's unless you have Travis Kelsey... I mean, I, I, I don't know if you can argue putting another tight end in front of him. Maybe if you're aggressive, maybe you can put Dalton Schultz or somebody like that or George Kittle. But, I mean, that's still really hard to do at this point, um, especially if Lamar Jackson is back this week. We'll find out about that, I'm sure, shortly, you know, in the next day or two. Uh, but even with Tyler Huntley, you know, maybe you put him at the tight end three or four. But, yeah, you're starting him if you got him. You probably don't have anything else to do. It's just kind of frustrating. You know, we thought uh, he was in that kind of Travis Kelsey kind of, um, you know, matchup proof quarterback proof but instead you know he's a little bit closer to the rest of the tight ends you know in that pack so you know 
it's unfortunate. I don't think you know it's hard. It's tough to trust him the rest of the way here. You have to if you if you're lucky enough to be in the semifinals and the finals. You're not benching Mark Andrews, but I don't feel good about playing him by any means. Yeah, it's a strange one because last season, them seven games with Tyler Huntley, his splits per game was significantly better than with Lamar Jackson. And I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago with Dan, like significantly. It was like two points a game more he was scoring for fantasy and two targets a game more and things like that. The only one that was close was his touchdowns. But do you have to start him? If, you, if, you have, if you've managed to grab a sort of Evan Engram, for example, off of waivers, do you need to start Mark Andrews? Like I said, I'm, you know, I'm, it's be a really aggressive and, you know, I'm sure, you know, if you're, you'd have to have some, I don't know, you'd better be at like a very analytics focus and have some analytics to back it up for that particular week, because man, I would still have a hard time doing that. I mean, I'm more of a start your studs type guy. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, I, I could see where you could certainly consider it and it's frustrating, but man, that would be an aggressive move. And I, I couldn't, I probably still, you know, I'll, like I said, that'd be an aggressive move, and you'd look like a genius if you, if you if it worked out right. I, especially, you know, I would consider it maybe if Tyler Huntley plays, but if Lamar Jackson plays, I think you got to stick with Mark Andrews. That that's fair enough. And the other one I got to throw at you is Mike Evans. So he hasn't topped fourteen points since week eight. Week fifteen was his best since then with thirteen point three points. The targets are there. The snaps are there. He had one down week with only four targets. I personally personally sat him where I could this past week. What are you doing for this next couple of weeks with Mike Evans? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just depends on where, where how many, you know, how many flex and wide receiver positions you have. Uh, I mean, I think you're going to have a hard time finding, you know, 30, you know, 20. He, he's going to fit in that wide receiver borderline, wide receiver two range, that top 25 wide receiver range ish. And I think, you know, it's t- so he's probably starting for you. You know what I mean? Unless you're very, you know, unless you're wide, very rich in wide receivers or are very thin league, smaller league. Um, mm. He's probably starting for you and you're just hoping for the best. You know, it's not a surprise, I guess, to see, you know, Tampa Bay scoring a lot less touchdowns this year. And Mike Evans has always relied on touchdowns a lot. So it's, it's you know, it's it's tough. You know, this is a down year form. You know, it is also kind of cresting on that kind of uh, age apex, too. So, you know, obviously his value will probably drop significantly last year, next year unless we see some dramatic improvements. So, yeah, but I think for the rest of this year, you're probably, you know, if you are in the semifinals this week, you're probably firing him up. If you have a three wide receivers, uh, three wide receivers or multiple flexes, you're definitely probably putting him in your lineup still. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like you say, start your studs and you would have spent that draft capital to get Mike Evans. But a little look at the injuries from this past week. So it was a surprisingly quiet for probably the first time this year um, in terms of injuries. But the big one, of course, is Jonathan Taylor. So he left the game right at the start on Saturday against the Vikings and did not return. So he's been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain today. Um if you somehow weathered the storm and got to the playoffs after drafting JT 101 or 102, he will be done for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. Possible week eight in return, maybe, but if the Colts are out of the NFL playoffs, which is definitely possible to say the least, we may not see him now until 2023. Now, Zach Moss led the backfield against the Vikings, scored similar points to his running mate, Deion Jackson, though, 
if you're in a deep hole, you could go and grab one of them, but it's not lovely to say the least, as it's another split share. Although the Chargers in week 16 is a nice matchup for the Colts uh, running backs. Yeah, um, I it's tough to trust to, you know, either guy really. Probably RB3s this week, you know. Uh, Zach Moss did get a lot more rushing attempts. But it was kind of that's how the game strip was going as they were nursing, trying to, trying to nurse a large lead that they gave up rather quickly uh, so it's yeah. uh but yeah i would i would tend i know if i was starting one i would go with Deion jackson because i think they'll be he'll get the receiving down roll and they'll be playing from behind against the chargers this week especially in ppr leagues with Deion jackson mm-hmm. he only had one target this week obviously he caught it for a touchdown but he will get more going forward like he did when jt was last out but i'll just run through the next few quickly Travis Etienne, as we've mentioned earlier, he left the game with the Cowboys this past weekend. He's dealing with an ankle issue. He did return in overtime, which seems like good news, but it's one to monitor through the week as they play on Thursday. Colt McCoy into the concussion protocol. Obviously, Kyler Murray's torn ACL. He's out for the year. Arizona are down to their third-string quarterback, Trace McSorley. He struggled, to say the least. That's putting it politely when entering the fray, and he won't be worth an ad. Rookie running back Zonovan Knight, who is more than impressed in the absence of Brees Hall, of course. He's dealing with an ankle issue, ankle issue himself. Again, that's one to monitor through the week because they play on Thursday against the Jags. Caleb Huntley of the Falcons, he is to undergo an MRI today on his ankle. Um, head coach Arthur Smith, he, he said it didn't look good. He's only the third option there in Atlanta anyway, but it's likely we won't see him for the rest of the year. And then there's three wide receivers, of course, dealing with concussions. You've got Corey Davis, who Robert Salah said should be good for Thursday night football. Denzel Mims of the Jets and Equinemius St. Brown of the Bears are also in the concussion protocol, if you have them in any deeper leagues, you know. And um, that was a hard hit on Equinemius St. Brown, by the way, against the Eagles this weekend. Did you see it? I did. I didn't. I missed that one. I'm still on the catch up from the weekend. Here's digesting all the information. I must have missed that one. Man, jump on YouTube. It was. It was. A, it was. Uh, I, I was going to say it was a good one, but it it weren't a good one. It was a bad one. But yeah, let's crack on with a couple of potential league winners before we wrap up, and let's go back to your boy Jarrett McKinnon. Yeah, you know, I, I got to talk about him twice. He's so good. Um, you know, I think, you know, it was, it's really rare to see, you know, that, I think I saw like a, still an absurd like sub 60% roster percentage on sleepers. So, you know, in most competitive leagues, in t- most 12-team leagues, you know, is he's going to be taken? Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, you know, it would be cra- it's crazy that you can get this kind of productive running back still on the waiver wire in some leagues. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited about Jarek McKinnon. I think you can kind of fire him up as a as a mid tier RB two the rest of the way here. And you know, as for a guy who you got on the waiver wire at some point, I think yeah, absolutely, we're going to take that. Going to be a flex, going to be in your flex. Uh, plug him into your flex if you already have a couple backs, or if you were unlucky enough to suffer an injury these last couple weeks to one of your running backs, you're probably not going to get that much of a drop off in production, and it didn't cost you anything. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, and. We just mentioned a running back that was banged up, Zonovan Knight. Now, he had a tough week 15 against a Detroit team who have held running backs under 60 rushing yards the last seven weeks now. It was seen as a peachy matchup earlier in the season. It is not for rushers. For pure rushers like Zonovan Knight, it is not a good matchup. Now, we mentioned he was banged up. Going against the Jags, 
on a short week. But it ain't a bad matchup for fantasy running backs. The Jags allowed the 11th most fantasy points per game with 21.6. But he's worth a stash at a minimum because week 17, they face the Seahawks. There you go. Now, I'll run a few numbers on the Seahawks. Since week eight, which is obviously most recent, they've been the worst against fantasy running backs. 30.9 points per game allowed. 139 yards on the ground per game. 4.9 yards per carry and nine rushing touchdowns allowed since week eight, including week eight, sorry. But it's it's a home run hit, isn't it? Having Zonovan Knight, if the ankle isn't too bad, he can get out there with some reps against the Jags or even be full speed against the Jags for week 17 for your your ship, for your ring. Yeah, you know the only thing I would uh, I I'm worried about is that Carter is you know got a higher snap percentage these last couple of weeks. So I'd like mm. to see that change this week. You know, I I it's hard. I'd like to see you know for me to get really confident about that big matchup. I'd like to see things turn around for him a bit this week. So, but I do like that matchup a lot. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got another one for us, haven't you? Uh, yes. The last one I'll type up here is Marquez Goodwin. Um, he's been a uh, He's been very productive in three of four performances with over 50% snap share, two wide receiver, one performances in that span. Uh, you know, this is more of a deeper league, you know, kind of he's on your waiver wires right now and you can snag him up if you need a flex play. But um, I really like him the rest of the way here. Tyler Lockett's going to miss the next game or two. He's definitely not playing this week. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm sure they'll try to get him back out there because they're competing for the playoffs, but it would certainly be a stretch for him to play even the following week. So, He's got a really soft matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs this week, too, who have been very, you know, my Chiefs are not very good against opposing fantasy wide receivers this year, against the pass in general. So I think you can, I have a lot of confidence in him this week. And I think, you know, he'll probably be in my wide receiver three wings, top three wide receiver. So you're probably starting him in most of your leagues. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely see it as well um, for next week, without a doubt especially with Tyler Lockett being out because he, especially in deeper leagues, he was finding himself relevant anyway with touchdown upside and then the big playability. But with Lockett not there, and we, we've all seen what Lockett does with his big playability, you know, he'll, he'll make four catches, but it will be 140 yards and things like that, you know. Why not? If, if, you're, against, if you're against someone who's projected to beat you, do you want to start... For example, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who you know has been solid throughout the whole year with with or without Deshaun Watson. He had Brissett first, obviously. Getting you that double-figure sort of one, that sort of points, 10, 11 points. Or do you go for Marquise Goodwin, who can potentially go off and get you four catches for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns and potentially be that difference maker? I know which one I'd be going for if I was projected to lose. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's the kind of thing you're playing with there. Uh, are you are you trying to, you know, in your projected matchup for this week, are you projected to win by a lot and you're just trying to kind of nurse nurse a you know, lead? You're just trying to, like, man, I just need 10 PPR points to make myself, you know, feel good about a victory. Or, yeah, are you trying to, are you looking like you're down, you need a big play, you're down a couple players? Yeah, so it just depends on yeah, how much upside do you need. Especially if you're like the sixth seed coming in and then you've caused one upset against the third and then now you've got the top guy from the league who is 40 points for ahead of you per game every week. Go for the smash play. Go for the upside. Absolutely. And that that's great advice for that situation anyway. But 
that is about that for this week on the five yard rush flagship show emerson it's been great to have you on but there is no show next week on boxing day of course spend it with your families have a great christmas everybody there will be a championship round preview at some point next week from murph possibly dan i'm not sure emerson tell everyone where we can find you uh, yeah, you know, I do a weekly show for the un- underdog, which isn't available in the UK yet, but hopefully soon, uh, Fridays. Uh, I also do, you know, weekly Twitter DFS threads for FanDuel and DraftKings. I do a Dynasty article for Five Yard Rush, and I do a, a Biggest Headlines article for the Fantasy Coaches podcast as well. So you can find me, you know, I'll, I post all that stuff on Twitter too, so that's the best place to find it probably. But yeah, you can definitely check it out at the sportsgamblingpodcast.com as well. Yeah, go and check out Emerson on Twitter. Constant, constant content, things he's producing, things he's sharing of other people, all great stuff. And that is that for this week. This will be available wherever you get your podcasts, as I mentioned earlier. But until next week, have a great Christmas and keep rushing. a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.